not to rush, be yourself. Always get so nervous on doing these podcasts and doing these shows. Okay, guys, so welcome back to another episode of the Ico Joker podcast. I uh, hope you're all well and staying safe in these uncertain, crazy times. So I'll get straight into it. Uh, been well, even though there hasn't been um a fight within the UFC yet, or I'm not sure if the other organizations won championship or, or not better, so they not had one either. But the UFC, which is one that everybody talks about uh, so much that they think it's an actual sport in itself, um, yeah, they've not had they've not had um they've not had an event yet. But uh, nonetheless, um, I guess straight into what's been happening, what I've been seeing. Uh, so first up, uh, the anticipated fight between Dustin Poirier and Conor McGregor at UFC 257. Um, yeah, so both guys are preparing for the match, or what would be, um, what if you if you agree with me or not, or who agree with other people out there, what would be a rematch because they fought before at UFC 178, and uh, yeah, just um, what's been going on. So Conor McGregor has actually he posted this on his stories, and I actually saw and it was mentioned on. Um, on one of the YouTube channels has uh, that cover um, the news that's happening in the mixed martial arts community. Uh, they um, they showed they showed that story that Conor McGregor recently posted of um, when he was training at his gym over over in Ireland. Um, actually built an actual actual replica, um, had it installed in his gym, uh, a replica of an octagon that um, something very similar to what he's going to be fighting in when he uh, fights against uh, Dustin Poirier. So. Thought that wasn't uh wasn't bad. Um, he likes the so- sport so much. He wants to have something, you know, <laughs> and it's just something for a, um to make him feel more at home. If if I can say that, but uh, that was uh, pretty awesome. Now, um, some people have said, um, like Michael Bisping, that the fight between Conor McGregor and Dustin Poirier at UFC two fifty seven could be very very close. And when he said that, I thought. I think we wise would go back and to watch the first fight that they had. At least, so I myself personally can just be educated and just find out. Just this, first of all, not in that fight. Basically, the sort of rivalry that happened. That just basically how the whole um, thing um, went down. And I watched as <laughs> God. Um, I watched. Yeah, and not to laugh at Dustin Poirier at all. You know, um, a lot of guys really humble, um, humble person. Kind of like the opposite of Conor McGregor. Not to say, not not that I'm hating, but just my opinion. But uh, um, Dustin Poirier in that fight, you know, um, mm, you know, didn't do as well as um, many people would have hoped. And you know, the whole match, I think it ended with a TKO from Conor McGregor. Uh, the whole fight lasted barely lasted two minutes. I think they uh, saw a timestamp of one minute, one minute and forty six seconds. So. Um, you know, uh, it was over before it even started, if if I can say that. Uh, and you know, when they were announcing the who and declaring who the winner was at the end of the match, I just saw the look on Dustin Poirier's face. The guy looks so, so, so um, heartbroken, disheartened. Just yeah, and then I think most MMA fighters after a fight, you know, if they've lost, um, regardless of what the performance has been like in the octagon, in the cage, in the ring, there. Um, I think if they do lose, you know, there's a certain sense of they've let so many people down. They feel ashamed, feel embarrassed that you know um, someone, <laughs> you know someone, you know knocks out all the hard work has been that you've put in in the run up to this uh, into to this event to this milestone event 
has kind of like not paid off and it's like kind of been flushed down the toilet you know it's kind of like been a waste but you know the look on his face you know it, it said it all that he felt so disastrous and so um so I know that Conor McGregor had a beat him in that match when I saw just halfway in between <laughs> Conor McGregor was doing this sort of thing like he was taunting his opponent taunting probably saying no 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 that's not how you do this you know, actually some wearing his hand <laughs> wearing his finger um you know like saying something along the lines of no, that's not how you do this. That's not how you fight. Maybe if that's what he said, but I know also I couldn't hear. But just by looking at the gestures he was making and I say lip talking, and just seeing what he was saying while I was in the article there, I can kind of tell that he was yeah, you know, more or less he was taunting his opponent. Um, so yeah, sorry guys, I can I've written down everything I want to say. Just make sure I don't leave anything any stone unturned. So. Da, 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 da. Yeah, um, I mean, the fight, again, I go back to the um, point that I made um, about Marco Bisping, what he said, I mean, do you agree or do you disagree? I mean, the fight that, we made, that we're that we going to see at UFC 257 coming up between Poirier and McGregor, um, you can call it a rematch. I, I call it a rematch. I mean, if I was in Dustin Poirier's uh, shoes, I mean, I would kind of feel, yeah, it's a rematch and it's also another opportunity to prove a lot of people wrong. And, also to somehow get some sort of I may be called stupid for saying this but some sort of vengeance against <laughs> Conor McGregor because um, after seeing what he did in that fight yeah fine he won the fight but it's, you know the taunting I that's uh, I, not really familiar I, I didn't really like it. I mean do you agree with um, Beast being um, Beast being statement that um uh, he um that this fight could be close and what we saw it, it could be uh, i mean because yeah another point that i'll make is that um Poirier recently fought uh, last year in the summer of 2020 he fought Dan Hooker the uh, fighter from New Zealand and um excuse me and uh, yeah in that fight um I think some commentators were saying that, you know, Poirier's fighting and his striking and the way he moves in the octagon has really um, improved. And I saw in that fight, you know, he was dishing out some heavy blows um, against Hook. I mean, Hook, of, of course, was uh, giving his all as well. You know, both fighters can put on a good performance, but, you know, in, in that fight, <coughs> Poirier was the was a better man, so he won. So, I mean, that... But, it shows that since UFC 178, sorry, I can't remember the um, off the top of my head, um, what fight, uh, what event it was that um, Hooker fought Poirier. I've got it down here somewhere. Bear with me, guys. No, I. So yeah, uh, was he fought Dan Hooker at UFC Vegas four in last year? Uh, but I mean, fine. Dan Hooker isn't Conor McGregor, but I mean, in that in that match, um, in that fight, I can see that um, since um, he uh, fought McGregor at UFC 170, you know, he has improved his um, fighting a lot. So, you know, I'll be interested to see um, how he performs at UFC 257. You know, um, you know, there'll be some added pressure there to kind of, you know, again, prove a lot of people wrong. That is, this is the opportunity to prove those people wrong and to, you know, yeah, again, for me, if I was in Poirier's shoes, somehow get some revenge, settle that score uh, from um, UFC 178. Uh, I can't repeat myself my notes here. Duh, duh, duh. So, 
Now, UFC 259, um, the card itself, uh, from what I could see, um, I have not seen some of these fighters, I've not heard, um, I've not heard heard of their names or who they are, I've not seen them fight, but there's some big names there. Um, the big one, which of course is going to be Israel Desanya, who <laughs> I went, Israel Desanya versus Jan Blaschowitz, in my last podcast, I did, um, and it points out that uh, um, this will be an interesting fight. I mean, Jan is a big, um, tall, strong guy. Uh, packs on more, uh, significantly more size than Israel Desanya in terms of muscle, not not fat. But I mean, Israel is um, a lot more agile, a lot more quicker. He's f- uh, obviously a lot more athletic. And he is considered, considered, and this is something from Wikipedia, but he's considered to be one of the greatest strikers uh, in um, mixed martial arts. Well, on the other events on the card, Amanda um, Nunes versus uh, Jermaine Sterling, um, Dominic Cruz versus Casey Kenny, Thiago Santos versus Alexander Rakic. I hope I'm pronouncing these names correctly. I mean, if you're watching this on YouTube, please correct me in the comments section below. Joseph Benavidez versus Askar Askarov, Islam Makachev versus Drew Dober, Jordan Epinosa versus Tim Elliott, Sean Brady versus Jake Matthews, Randy Costa versus Trevin Jones, Euros Medic versus Alan Cruz, Yardong Song versus Carla Phillips, and Livin 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 Sosa versus um, Amanda Lemos. So um, yeah, there's uh, I've not heard of these people before. I mean. Uh, there are some big names there, such as Dominic Cruz, Amanda Nunes, um, yeah, and uh, Israel Desanya. So it's, it's uh, a pre, um, a pretty big event, and there's quite a stats card. Let's do some moving on. Yeah, I really want to get into the Israel Desanya versus um, Jan Blaschowitz because in my last podcast, um, a close friend of Jan's, um, the former strawweight champion uh, for the um, for the females for the one of the weight divisions for the uh, for the females for the women Joanna I need to get really good at pronouncing these names Joanna God Joanna Jed Ratchet Jed Ratchet something something like that but I mean you guys know who I'm talking about if I if I go on her name wrong uh, correct me in the comment section below but she said and I mentioned this in my, in my most recent podcast my last podcast um that's uh, she's a, a close friend of Jan's, and I respect her for being honest, uh, and more or less kind of <laughs> going against her friend. But she was being honest and being truthful, uh, giving her honest opinion. She said that um, in that fight, Jan has a lot to lose, but Israel Sanya has a, a lot of the advantage. He's he's a lot quicker and much more athletic, a lot more agile, and much more uh, you know flexible. So he be throwing strikes at the same time. And I've heard other people say this in their own podcast that. He'll gradually wear his opponent down by picking the opponent, picking his opponent apart. And we saw that. I saw that with um, Paul Acosta uh, when he fought him. I forgot. <laughs> I forgot the. Uh, yeah, Paul Acosta at UFC two fifty three, and in that fight, I have to say, I was speaking with my friend Charlie that I've mentioned so many times in my videos and in my podcasts. I'm trying to get him on the podcast, but for some reason, he doesn't like doing recording videos maybe that will change your future i don't know but he said that in that match um paul acosta more or less was standing there like a statue and i kind of agree because watching that fight um the opponent that got the ball rolling was israel Desanya by throwing his strikes 
uh, leg kicks, high, um, high leg kicks, and um, Paul Acosta um, was more or less like kind of like waiting for the for the right time to like pounce and to attack his opponent. And um, this, again, another uh, someone else, uh, someone who's much more um, committed to the sport than myself. Yeah, because I'm still learning so much. They even said that it was like he was just waiting for the perfect opportunity to attack, which was while just waiting, just uh, more or less um, taking shots at the same time, trying to, um, how do I say this without sounding silly, but um, he was, it it did look like he was more or less like being immobile and just standing like a statue for for most of the rounds, but he was kind of like wasting time, just waiting for, for the perfect time to take his opponent down and that opportunity just didn't come you know Israel Asana just finished the fight really quickly and did that did that silly gesture at the end of the fight and um, dry humping his opponent but I sort of mean he really um, Paul Acosta really let himself down he um, he didn't defend himself well enough and he didn't really attack and um, you know that's just even this podcast thing was still learning how to um that's just um uh, one example of just it's one of the things to expect uh, from Adesanya in the upcoming fight with against Yan at UFC two fifty nine. Um again yeah he's considered as one of the uh, best strikers um in mixed martial arts. So um and I, you know um uh, and I said this myself to Charlie the other day and um I kinda like made made up my mind about it based on all the evidence I was gathering from, from the other podcasts I was listening to and just by watching Adesanya's um, fights with uh, particularly the one with um, Paul Acosta and his has a record I think he's been fighting the UFC uh, for the past two to three years and this guy hasn't lost a single match I looked at his record it's just a straight <laughs> green line there against every opponent he's fought it's just win 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 whatever the uh, fight's been whether it's kickboxing, MMA, or um, whatever combat sport um, to do with MMA or any other similar sport, he's always had a win, never a loss. So uh, that's really, really impressive. And, you know, I made up my mind that this guy, if I was to bet my money, it would be on him. Um, we need to calm down with doing this podcast, nothing to be nervous about. Um, I would put my money in Israel Asanya. And, uh, yeah, I believe he'll be the favourite to win many... 90% of the people that um, I've listened to, even spoken to, they've all said that he will come out as the better fighter, you know, the better man in this fight. Yeah. Um, Israel just ha- does have a mixed martial arts record and um, of uh, lots of wins, and he has a long winning streak. Um, I think yet yeah, one YouTube channel said this that Yan does have a winning streak, but it doesn't really even come close to Adesanya's um, winning streak. I think Adesanya has a, a much um, his record is much more on the positive side. He has a lot more wins than Yan does. So um, yeah, uh, other stuff I really should have pointed out. Uh, he's for um, Paul Acosta. Uh, this is Adesanya's for Paul Acosta at UFC two fifty three. He's been Yolo Romero at UFC 248. He's been Robert Whit- Robert Whittaker at UFC 243 and um, Calvin Castillum at UFC 236. He's been Marvin Rattori, who recently had a win just before Christmas last year. Um, he's been him at UFC on Fox 29. 
So, yeah, I mean, unless if luck is on Yan's side, again, you know, other mixed martial arts veterans can give a much more in-depth answer and statement than I'm giving now, but I'm still a novice. I'm still learning so much about this sport, but based on everything that I've seen, everything that I've heard, um, unless if something by sheer luck happens in the octagon uh, in March, which is when uh, UFC 259 is going to take place, uh, unless there's something uh, really happens, um, really lucky happens for Yan. Um, definitely more than likely I do see um Adesanya coming out as the winner <laughs> in in that fight. Uh, do, do, do. Okay. Okay, so uh recently excuse me, um there's a clip I saw on YouTube, uh I think is it from MMA Focus, Mixed Martial Arts Focus or MMA World MMA News but one of the big ones that they've been posting videos for a long time and giving out news on uh, the sport of Mixed Martial Arts that basically they showed a clip of Dana White at a press conference uh, I can't remember which event it was for but uh, he was saying that he would like to see Khabib come out of retirement to fight um, Conor McGregor <sighs> excuse me guys just calm down. There's nothing to be nervous, nervous about. You're looking and sounding silly now. Um, but yeah, um, I'm sure everybody knows that the last fight that Khabib had, um, at um, which was against Justin Gaethje. God, just a t- I keep writing this down. Yeah, which was against Justin Gaethje at UFC 254. Um, just after the win, um, and Khabib won that fight. The poor guy just collapsed down to the canvas and just put his head on, um, to his knees and um, he just uh, broke down in tears uh, because there had been so much pressure on him to win that fight. You know, he had recently just lost his father to the COVID-19 virus um, and lots of other things were going on in his life as well, you know. Um, so his record was uh, currently, and it still stands now at 29-0, and 0, um, but it, I think it is known that his father wanted him to bring his record up to 30 and 0. And I think after the fight, um, that win against Justin Gaethje, UFC 254, he did make it clear that he was going into retirement and uh, that would be a bet. I'm going to point out that last year during the summertime, that I saw it all over YouTube and, fe- and social media, um, to be frank, just to put it in a, in a nutshell, that... Um, there was talk of Khabib coming out of retirement. Um, there was talk of him now staying in retirement. Um, he, that you know, he was saying that there's lots of, you know, there's basically a lot of other things he's doing outside of um, mixed martial arts, at least outside of the competing side of things. Anyway, you know, um, other um, other members of his team um, coming out of the AKA gym in the US in the California area, such as Josh Thompson. They've said that he's beaten all the top top guys in his um in his division in the sport, you know. I I can't say specifically again, I'm still learning about that sort of stuff, but he's been a lot of the top ranking guys, a lot of the champs. Uh, so, you know, really if he goes back to the sport, who who else does he have to fight? You know, there's nothing nothing left for him to prove. He's proven himself as one of the greatest fighters of all time in MMA. You know, um but Dana White has said that um if he was to come back to fighting and if um, 
Conor McGregor was still um, fighting actively in the sport that uh, mixed martial arts fans would still um, like a fight between Khabib and McGregor. They fought once before already, but a second fight. Um, Dana White believes that he um, Dana White believes that uh, mixed martial arts fans would like to see that again. I have to be honest. Um, me personally, yes, I would like to see that again. Um, <laughs> you know, it would uh, sell out lots of pay per views. Um, <laughs> so you know, it would be an in- interesting match. And the f- the last one they had was also a very very <laughs> interesting match as well because even after the fight ended, the fight still kind of continued unofficially, <laughs> unofficially with all their cornermen and teammates and uh, all the people involved. You know, you know, um, the fight spilled out um of the octagon. So, I mean, in, in terms of having a rematch between the two guys, um, like Dana White has said, yeah, um, I don't know what other people think. I don't know what other people, uh, what their opinions would be. Uh, I'm not sure what Charlie thinks. Um, but, yeah, I personally would like to see that. You know, it would be <laughs> it would be an inst- interesting fight. <sighs> uh, but, you know, at the same time, I write down here... Um, of course, Khabib would have to agree to that, and at the same time, despite what fans think, despite what Dana thinks, Khabib would have to agree to that, and uh, Connor would also have to agree to that. Also, you know, um, if they don't want to fight, if Khabib doesn't want to come out of retirement, then unfortunately, it's not gonna, it's not gonna happen. Okay, so up next, uh, Max Holloway versus Calvin Qatar. Now, I still remember Max Holloway from the. Um, Last last fight that he had at UFC Fight Island fight no no I'm getting this mixed up excuse me guys um I'm st- I remember Max Holloway like, the the first time I saw him fight properly was at UFC two fifty one not UFC Fight Island but UFC two fifty one um last year he and he fought against Ale- Alexander Volkan Vol Alexander Vol um. I keep struggling with these names, but yeah, he fought um, Alexander at UFC 251, and I saw the fight, and um, even as a novice, I have to say that it was clear that it was Max Holloway that won that fight, and even Dana White agrees that there was some sort of, there was some sort of bullshit going on with the judging, that um, it was clear who won the fight, but um, he, even he doesn't agree um, with um, how the results um, played out, and, um, you know, yeah, his opponent, uh, they come out and say that he's looking forward to the fight and uh, he has a lot of respect for his opponent and uh, he agrees that um, basically uh, at the um, last fight that Max Holloway had he was fucked over that he was a clear winner in um, in that matchup so I won't talk too much about that I mean I although as a novice looking in on something I'm still learning about yeah it's clear to see that um it's good to see who the winner is because you can see basically who's really giving it or who's dishing out the most strikes, who's who is taking um the most blows, of course, is <laughs> is losing a lot of points and basically who's been taken down the most again is losing lots of points also. Uh, but so in those sort of scenarios you can kind of judge yourself who who the winner is. Um also it seems as uh, it seems that at UFC two fifty seven they will be allowing fans to um to um to be in the arena in in the stadium, so that will that's um that will kind of well for me um well what I wanted to say is that 
since the pandemic has started um arenas and venues have been empty so basically kind of the microphone can now pick up the other sounds such as the voices of even the opponents in the cage when they say something to each other um and also the voices of the cornermen when they're shouting kind of instructions and words of encouragement to to their teammate who's fighting in the octagon so for me that was quite interesting just to hear the words and just yeah, you know, it kind of gives me a much more in-depth insight to just what goes on in the sport but when you bring back the crowds and everything okay that's good that's nice uh, but it kind of takes away from the just li- <laughs> hearing those um hearing pe- what those people are saying to their opponents and can't yeah, again you know for me like a novice it's, it's me for me it's learning something new but if you should bring back the crowds it does bring back the facts of excitement for a match especially for uh, for a match between an opponent such as conor mcgregor and dustin poirier so that um I guess so. why am I so nervous doing this podcast and just talking and no, no, nobody's watching me uh, but I guess maybe I'm nervous because a lot of people can be listening to this if they listen to this this far um, but yeah uh, back to what I was saying um, bringing back the crowds again does um, bring back the excitement factor you know that wow factor especially for an organisation such as the UFC um, so yeah that um uh, that excitement factor it, it'll be nice to have that back again now how long have been how long have i been talking and rambling for about 25 minutes and i was pushing 26 minutes nearly half an hour and and i'm not a hater i'm not a hater but um i like to be honest and to give my no bullshit opinion because that's one of the things i do like about this sport you know um, unlike the other sports uh, such as football, baseball, uh, rugby, and basketball, a lot of the athletes manage to get away with a lot of bullshit um, inside the court or the baseball field and outside of the sport. You know, the lot of stupid stuff they get up to. But in MMA, it's uh, you get a feeling that you're in the sport to when you really have to give it your all. Um, otherwise, you, you're in the wrong place, basically. But I've always kind of had this impression that's a no bullshit sport. You know, a lot of the fighters. They there's a reason there's a particular reason as to why they went into this sport, you know, even with all the brutality and all the all of the you know, the consequences that come with it. And I I vowed I would never mention this guy's name again in any of my podcasts and or in any of my videos or just anything basically that I put on social media. Jake Paul How could an internet clown like him go from doing stupid stuff that that for some some reason has gained such a a huge following on social media, particularly YouTube, Um, and that he's managed to venture into combat sports from boxing, now he's trying to get into MMA. And I will point out that, um, I think I said this in my last podcast, some some athletes have turned around and they've accepted his offer. Ben Askren has turned around. Michael Bisping has turned around and said, yeah, Askren, excuse me, Askren and um, Beesping have both turned around and said, yeah, um, anytime you just name the place and, and we'll go. And, you know, so, um, so, Conor McGregor, um, he didn't reply to, he hasn't responded as far as I can tell from, you know, as far as, as, far as I can see on YouTube and any other social media platforms, what I can see from the outside anyway, he hasn't responded to any of, um, any of the statements that Jake Paul has been throwing his way, any of the insults and offensive means whatever, 
Hidai Smith throwing at um uh, at him and his wife because he, um Jake Paul called Conor McGregor's wife a fool. Um, but there was I think um no I think no no Conor McGregor recently posted a tweet that he was sparring one of his teammates. Uh, the guy's name is Dylan Dylan Moran, um, an Irish fighter, and um, Jake Paul actually went as far as to call this guy and actually laugh at what I think. Dylan Moran was in a particular boxing match and I, I I can't off the top of my head say what the name of the event was it was a boxing match of course but the name of the event I can't say was even the the fight card or even who the opponent was but there was a clip that he was showing that um, the opponent that Dylan Moran was fighting at the particular boxing fight in the ring was just had knocked him out and I think he even posted in that clip just a still a meme of an just with a white arrow pointing at the, at the guy or lying on the canvas floor and this is the person that um, Conor McGregor was praising that he's a really good fighter so and so and uh, just basically you're saying this person's a good fighter he just got knocked out and um, clean this uh, event so Dylan Moran turned around as I said I've been here been calling people out disrespecting fighters being rude just just being all around annoying and uh, you know what excuse me I will you know why don't you fight me? And he's calling, he basically is calling out Jake Paul saying, why Why don't you fight me? Being disrespectful to all these fighters, they will get quiet, but I'm not going to keep quiet, even though I'm not up there yet with the elite level athletes in this sport of MMA. Um, he said, basically, um, I will rip your head off. So, um, and the guy's not in Ireland, he's actually in the US, I think he showed in the um, story they uploaded to Instagram. He was, um, just, you can tell the location is not, anywhere in Ireland or the Europe it is in the US so um, he's calling Jake Paul out for a fight so if Jake Paul accepts that one um, that'd be an interesting match to see I think Dylan Moran is um, serious about um, sourcing this guy out on behalf of basically every other person in MMA that he's insulted and offended uh, so guys I think I'll wrap that up there uh, 30 minutes um, I think I could ramble on but uh, again, I don't want to sound, sound like an idiot. I'm still learning a lot about this sport. I enjoy it a lot. And not just even what happens in the octagon, but even what happens outside of the octagon. So, yeah, um, UFC 257, UFC 259, um, two big events. The fight card for UFC 259 is stacked, especially the fight between Adesanya and Blachowicz. <laughs> I'm still trying to pronounce that right. Pronounce that name and get it correct. But guys, if you've enjoyed the podcast, if you enjoyed my video, if you're watching this on YouTube, please don't forget to leave a like. Uh, please subscribe. If you, please subscribe if you enjoy my content. Um, I've upload. I am uploading my podcast to other platforms: um, Spotify, Player FM, uh, Listen Note, Stitcher. I'm still trying to sort it out on iTunes. That one is taking a lot of encryption, but that iTunes will happen. I'll definitely get that sorted out. I'm also on SoundCloud. And Podbean, I'm trying to get my podcast uh, podcast out to as many major platforms as possible. Platforms as possible, excuse me. Always um, messing up my words. Um, I've also uploaded my podcast recently to another platform called Cast FM. Um, I, th- I don't think it's probably on there yet, but it is on there. I'm still trying to finalize a few bits and pieces. But yeah, you can also catch me on Instagram. My name is IcoJoko1. And on Facebook, my name's Iko Jarko, and on Twitter, my name's Iko Jarko also. Now, I'm also on Parlour, but 
with what's happened in the US um, last week. Um, I'm not going to get into the, to, into the politics because I know that uh, for many people that's very divisive. But with what's happened over that, I think the Parler website has been disabled um, for some reason. I think one of their sponsors, who I think was Amazon, pulled their um, pulled their involvement completely from the company from the social media platform so i tried to log on there um today and i could see that my profile wasn't missing i just got a, a network error message but basically i don't think it's working at the moment it's down so uh but i mean once it gets back up and running again um my name on parlor my name is Iko Jaco, Iko Jaco. um hopefully um yeah once that once that app starts running again um you can find me on there but once again, guys, uh, thank you very much, very much for listening. And please, if you do like my content, don't forget to leave a like and don't forget to subscribe. Thanks.